welcome to Dad to the Bone podcast, where three dads sit around and talk about dad stuff. And, you know, we're avoiding the coronavirus out here, doing these Zoom calls and all that. But tonight we're tackling kind of a bigger issue, not one that we necessarily want to start off joking about because it's not really a joking matter. And so I'm joined with uh, Quinn QJ, my co-host, and Rich Cologne, my other co-host, the two best-looking guys on this Zoom call. And uh, you guys want to say what up real quick? What up, though? Facts. Facts. <laughs> he said facts. <laughs> but uh, Quinn, man, why don't you go ahead and set the stage for our conversation today so we can just kind of, you know, jump right into this thing. Yeah, Sam, thanks. So, um, you know, it's – I have a hard time sometimes trying to figure out how to jump into this, but – it's uh, um, dealing with the climate of the U.S. right now, dealing with the climate of uh, the culture. Um, recently, there was a death of George Floyd. He unfortunately died at the hands of a police officer in uh, Minnesota. And it's kind of sparked a controversy around the country. And it sparked a controversy for a lot of reasons, because for a lot of folks, it was race related. Um, there's a questions being raised of if that would have happened, if perhaps he wasn't black and, um, it, it's allowed and created a time where a lot of us are kind of reflecting on our thoughts about the situation, our thoughts about, um, just racism and bias. And so we thought we would dive into it and kind of, uh, do a check-in as to how we're feeling about it, how we're feeling about, you know, what now, what next, and, and to kind of go from there. So, you know, with that, I guess, uh, what what are your guys' thoughts around this before I kind of give my, my feedback? Rich, what, what say you? <clears throat> Man, I mean, first and foremost, um, just grief. Um, my thoughts, my prayers, um, my heart just um, goes out to Georgia's uh, friends, family, loved ones that are still here dealing with with the fallout of this uh, goes out to the city um, that is now experiencing the kickback and all these different things that are going on. Um, and just honestly, just heavy hearted, broken hearted, because I mean, man, it just seems like, you know, every, every other week or every week we have a headline like this, you know, and um, you just kind of hope and pray that it'll one day just all stop and people will get it. But, you know, here we are, you know, through years and years and, generations after generations of this stuff just going on and being perpetuated and you know so I'm just at a place of grief of frustration of trying to process this in the in the right way a healthy way I'll say that as a word a healthy way uh, in a way that pushes me to um, you know healthy product productive action um, and not just anger and bitterness you know and so those are just kind of my preliminary thoughts it's like you know just dealing with the reality of it and then just where to where to go from here obviously you know yeah no i i agree that's the challenge sam um curious as to what your thoughts are like you're like you know i could i, I couldn't imagine but i could imagine it's like you know you're you're white and you're seeing mm -hmm. this and so I'm sure you can relate, but what are your feelings? What are your thoughts? Man, uh, so I don't know. Did you guys did you guys watch the whole video? Did both of you guys watch? Like it's like it's like seven and a half minutes or eight minutes or something. Nine yeah. minutes. Did you guys yeah. watch it? I did. 
I, I mean, I was, I was speechless. I was choked up. I felt nauseous. Um, I, I, the, the feelings of just like depravity, man, the feelings of just like, just the absence of anything that's good in that situation. Do you know what I mean? Like I felt, I felt this gaping sense of just brokenness, you know, watching wow. that go down. And then, and then even hearing, even hearing the conversation around it and, and how people could even possibly have some inkling of justification for anything that took place was just, it was like, I mean, I, I, if I'm, if I'm thinking correctly, I still don't think that I have made a public, like everybody's gone on Facebook and made their posts. So I still don't think that I've made a post about that or really anything else since seeing that, because I, 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 I just, I was, I was so taken aback by, it. and I'm, I don't, I don't know why it hit me so hard because like we were talking about before we got out of the air, it's not anything new. You know what I mean? It's not even so much surprising. It's just, it's, it's, it's absolutely devastating. You know what I mean? Even, even from a, 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 a white perspective viewing that it's, it was devastating for me to watch that. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine how other people are feeling as well. You know? I mean, it's disheartening to yeah. to give my perspective as a black male is definitely disheartening and disturbing um because disturbing is a disturbing is a great great word i mean you know being black and seeing scenarios like this like you never go tone deaf to it as much as you want to say oh well that um, it happened again you never go yeah, tone no. deaf to it because you can imagine yourself in that scenario. You can imagine, you know, that person as a brother, as a father, as a, you know, a son, as a part of your family. And you're like, dang, you know, uh, I can't believe that happened. Like, again, you, you, but, you know, you you get to this point where you become so callous where you're like, yeah, it, it happened again. And so. When cases like what happened with George Floyd, and I'm going to say rest in heaven and rest easy to George Floyd, um, George Floyd and his family, um, is, you know, it just, it never sits well. It never sits, like, easy in your stomach. And, uh, you and it, it, it shouldn't. And if it does, that's a problem. Well, and that's, unfortunately, where we've come from, you know, <laughs> Rich kind of talked about it. You talked about it. You know, the sad part is, like, this is nothing new. I mean, the, the best quote that I've seen floating around is not even a new quote that Will Smith said. And he said, uh, racism is not new. It's just getting filmed. So people are seeing it now, and they can't deny yeah. it. And and this is another example that for the naysayers who are like, well, let's wait till we hear the whole story. Let's wait till we hear the other side. There's no other side to hear or see. You are seeing the other side. My man's face was in, in the ground. He's saying, I can't breathe. I hurt everywhere. My head hurts. My chest hurts. And it was being ignored. And like, you know, decency, common sense will say, all right, well, even if he's not being honest, maybe I should have left up just in case. He is. Yeah. And yeah. For real. The lack of and that apathy is empathy. I'm sorry. Is what was the most alarming part for me. Like, dude, this is a human. This is a life. 
I don't care if he's the biggest drug addict in the world. He's still a person. So you wouldn't treat well, a dog like that. <laughs> nah, nah. No, I was going to say, you know, a lot of people, you know, <laughs> I and this is not a shot at anybody, you know, um, but a lot of people, you know, they'll protest, you know, the circus because they're mistreating elephants. Um, but, you know, they don't they don't stop to watch, you know, a six minute video of a human life being being treated like that, you know. And so it. I, I think just for me, again, like that frustration just mounts up because it's like, man, what what is it going to take that hasn't already happened to get people to wake up? And it's like, man, like, you know, like I said, that's why I'm like, you know, where do we go from here? Because it's, you know, um, I we're on this Zoom call. We have to re- record on a Zoom call for the pandemic, you know, so I, I'm for, you know, I'm assuming that people can see this too because I can see you guys. But yeah, like, you know, as a, you know, I'm not, I'm not African-American, but, you know, as a, as a Puerto Rican, you know, a person of color, I have, I have some, some experiences as well, but, you know, even me trying to understand, empathize, you know, try to wrap my mind around this, even in my worst, my worst situations that I have experienced, or, you know, the worst, um, you know, comments that I've gotten from people or, you know, slurs that I've gotten from people, um, you know, there's been one or two times that I may have been fearful for my health, but I can't say that I, I, I've been fearful um, more than maybe and maybe one time, you know, for my life. And so to to understand and wrap wrap your mind around the fact that that is a daily reality for African-Americans mm-hmm. uh, in the day and time we live in is shameful. It's upsetting. It's hurtful. Um I mean, just every word I could throw at it. That's the, those are the feelings that it evokes because, you know, I mean, just even going back right now, it's George Floyd, but, you know, not even two weeks ago, it was uh, Breonna Taylor, you know, EMT in Louisville. She mm-hmm. was shot in her sleep, shot in her sleep because uh, police came into the wrong house on a drug warrant. She was an EMT helping with the uh, coronavirus, you know, not even a couple of weeks before that, we had Ahmaud Arbery who was uh, going for a jog through a neighborhood who was profiled and shot, not even by police, in the middle of the street on a quote-unquote citizen's arrest. And you see this, and it's like, man, it, it just, it, you know, I, I used this verbiage to a friend I was talking to about, a, um, you know, the other day. It's, it literally feels like you're in a crowded place, screaming at the top of your lungs, but nobody can hear you. You know, it just feels suffocating. It feels like you're on a, on a hamster wheel running, you know, you just... You're trying to go somewhere, but it just feels like you're you're not moving, you know. And um, yeah, it's just it's disheartening. It's scary, you know. But there there has to be, you know, outside of that, what I keep pushing myself to and reminding myself is, um, you know, we have to um, uh, we have to find a way forward. Um, and correction, the uh, Ahmad Arbery was um, killed by a police officer, but not an active police officer. It was a Retired former. police officer. Yeah, he was retired. Yeah, former. Yeah. Former, yeah. And so just, just want to get that right, but not even an active, wasn't even a police situation. It wasn't a pullover. It wasn't a traffic stop. wasn't whatever. It was literally just going out for an afternoon jog, and here we are, you know? And so. Yeah, it was running yeah. while black. It was it was yeah. the fear yeah. that we sometimes have, like I admit it, fear that I have, where like you have to uh, temper your blackness and know who your where your surroundings. So Absolutely. you know that ride that run he took. I mean, honestly, I related to that, 
I related to how it feels to be walking in a foreign neighborhood and worried that they might think that you're up to no good. So right. I can only imagine the fear and terror when him going through a, a for jog, he jogged right. in the wrong neighborhood. And, and that is just the price you sometimes pay as a minority and as a black person to just do business in, in the world and in America at times. And so um, it's it just stirs up a ton of emotion. And so that but it also reminded me like that we need to like we need to talk about self-check and like remember to do a self-check and and just like what does that mean like what does self-check mean like how do we do that in in circumstances like this because for me i i get furious i get furious in my head but also get like sad and because it's like this is like this is crazy right and i don't know how to i forget for a second how to relate to people who can't relate to me but right and but at the same time, the callousness allows me to try to be apathetic for a moment. But how do how do you take that apathetic to empathetic and keep your true self? And I don't know yeah. if that's a lot, but I mean, help me out, guys. I mean, no, I, I mean, think. Go go ahead, Rich. You go first. You go first. No, I, I think I was just gonna say with that is that you know, like I think I I, I hear. And I mean, honestly, I feel, you know, uh, a lot of times it's scary, but you know, when these things happen, you know, the first reaction now at this point is not, you know, not again, not again. Are you kidding me again? You know, and I, I saw the video with my wife and I was like, yeah, you know, this happens and I could call back every other name over the past, you know, several years that they, that the exact same situation ha happened to, you know, and I was Sandra just like, Bland. man, yep, yep. Yeah. You know, and I'm just sitting there going, man, like it's a, it's just another it's a walk in the park at this point, you know, and uh, just another day, and um, you know, but I have to, you know, I get those feelings, and I'm like, man, it's just, it, you know, sometimes honestly, I feel kind of hopeless, you know, where it's like, man, you know, things haven't changed yet, you know, how will they? But then at the same time, it's like, you know what, um, you know, I have kids, we all have kids, that's what this podcast is about, you know, being a dad, and I just, you know, I'm telling myself, man, listen, you know, I as the father of children first, but then of any children, every dad should be doing the work of explaining this situation to their children in depth, trying to help them understand as much as they can, depending on what age they're at and their comprehension. But, um, you know, if it's time for that, have that talk, step up to the plate, make them aware. Um, but then also raising, raising children of color, you know what I mean? And trying to make them understand, you know, these different areas of this is just hard, but I know that it's work that, that we have to do because, Absolutely. you know, things have to be things at some point have to change and we want things to get better, you know, for them and then for our grandbabies and then mm -hmm. for their, you know, and it, at some point the effects of this, the residual effects on one side of the ball, or the other are going to keep dominoing into the future. And if we just let it be, um, you know, then it's just going to keep spiraling, you know, and that's a terrifying thought because what happened, to all these people, you know, all these, all these people who have been victimized, it's terrifying. But I, I think the thing that really, really scared me about the George Floyd video was just the blatant disregard for any kind of care for that man's life. The cop that was protecting the cop that was holding him down, um, yeah. you know, just, and, and just repeatedly people after person after person, 
check his pulse, check his pulse. He's not moving. He's not moving. He's not moving. He's not moving. That's the minutes, crazy he's part. Not moving. Because they and got they, just, they didn't flinch. They didn't flinch. No, didn't, because they didn't, that's protocol. They didn't protocol, even turn around and look. Because protocol wipes away that empathy. I mean, well, I mean, it's something about it wasn't protocol because, you know, they got fired, you know, which isn't enough. But something about it was shady and was wrong from, you know, just just from a protocol standpoint. They didn't handle something correctly. Um, you know, either that or the city is trying to cover their tails by letting them go, you know, making a statement. But, sure. you know, nonetheless, I just I just look at it and I go, man, you know, I want I want I want better things for, you know, my children and. I hope they want better things for their children. And so for that sake, we have to, we have to make some noise about this. You know, we have to do what we can do that's within our power um, to, to try to try to make a dent in this, you know, whether it's having conversations or, um, you know, telling stories, listening to each other's stories, you know, um, validating other people's experience, you know, and not disqualifying them because we can't relate to them, you know, um, we have to we have to start somewhere. Whatever's in front of us, we have to start there and just you know move that ball inch by inch. You know. Yeah, I, I think that's huge, um, Quinn. To your to your question about the the self check, it's like you know, I, I think I think we need to potentially evaluate how we feel about this, how we feel about you know George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, like all of it how do we feel about it and if if we're not feeling a way that's that's twisting us up on the inside if we're not feeling a way that's that's causing like almost an indignation inside of us if we're not feeling these feelings then we need to ask ourselves why Mm. why are we not feeling these feelings and then that is going to lead us down a path of like yo what's what's really going on here do you know what i mean because because I, I don't care if, if I don't, if, uh, watching that go down and all the things that consistently go down and hearing the conversation around it, there's a problem, right? There's a systemic problem in our country. Yeah. And, and if you can't see that, the, I, I the, that, that is the, com- and this kind of goes back to, I think what you were saying is how do I relate to people that can't relate to me? If you can't see that there's a problem, almost my question for both of you is how do you even communicate that to people to say, hey, yo, what is going on? You know what I mean? Because there's obviously a problem. Yeah. And so this this self-check process needs to be, yo, how, how, how do I fit into this problem? How how What role do I play unknowingly? What role do I play consciously, unconsciously? Mm-hmm. And is the role that I'm playing the role that I want to play? Right. And if not, what do I need to do to fix it? What do I need to do yeah. to change it? You know, I, I, yeah. I saw a Facebook, actually uh, I'll answer my own question and then you guys can answer my question <laughs> because I saw, I saw on Facebook, I forgot that I saw this. Um, I saw on Facebook today, somebody responding to something and they said, you know, um, most, most white people would not want to trade places with a black person, right? They would not want to trade lives with a black person. And if that's the case for you, that in and of itself shows you that there's a problem. You know what I mean? That in and of itself shows you that, that there is something that you see in their life and their walk of life and their perspective and their worldview and they're coming up that you don't want. And if that's the, if, if that's your worldview, then that should answer the question for you, that there is a problem in our society that we would view other people as less than or different 
than us and worse off than us. Like that's a that that's a problem. That's privilege and that's a problem. Yeah. Can no. I get can I get can I get a little bit of an amen from the choir? Oh no, you you got a full <laughs> amen. You got a full <laughs> amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Listen. I like that one. That's a good one. Hallelujah. Listen. Listen. No, I mean to more to your point. I mean exactly like if I, there is and that's the thing there is a problem like if you can't relate but to have that conversation and say there is a problem is the hard part cuz you for us who see what we see we see there's a problem. We see that there's a broken protocol. We see, hey man, that's not right. Like I don't know what he was just doing like two minutes ago, but whatever he was just doing does not deserve the response that you brought. It does not warrant death. It does not warrant a knee on his neck while my man is screaming, I can't breathe. And you're ignoring him as if he's not talking. It. I mean, the reality is, is to find that middle ground. I mean, that's what's so hard. It's so hard, honestly, for me as a black man sometimes is because you have to you have to take a step back if you want to have that conversation and you have to just say okay you know what i'm going to pretend like i didn't see the atrocity that i saw because i want to connect and i want to talk to you and you obviously didn't see it the way i see it so i'm going to just take a step back from all the feelings of hurt and pain and sadness and sorrow just so i can have a conversation and a dialogue with you because you didn't see that you didn't see the person, you know, dying. You you saw someone, you know, a cop going home to his family. You saw the good guys winning again. You saw justice being served. So that self check is is hard thing. It's wow. a hard thing to do. I mean, wow. But, what you just said, man. That's wow. That's crazy. It's I mean, it's what it's what you choose to see, you know, more or less because it's like. You could choose to see the, the the human body there, like you said, or you could choose to see, uh, you know, like you said, uh, the good guys won again, you know. Just because you have a uniform and a badge on, it automatically puts you in the position of the good guy. And so the rhetoric that you tell yourself is, good, We they got another one, you know. They got another perp, you know. Um, I made a post about it on Facebook, and people were throwing around that uh, comment, like, you know, more – more than two or three people at least wouldn't call George Floyd, George Floyd. They kept calling him the perp. Um, and that automatically just uh, shows you what they reduce it to in their mind. He, he wasn't yeah, a person. That's dehum it's dehumanizing. Right. Absolutely. Right. That's it. It's dehumanization. It, you don't see a person at that point. Uh, you see a law that needs to be enforced. You and, see um, a bad, you see a bad guy and there goes yep. a good guy doing his job. Hey, he put yep. his knee on the job. It's a dirty job. It happens. Yep. And yep. I'm, yep. you know, I've shared this story before. I've shared, I'll probably share it again, unfortunately, but um, it, it touches the personal note for me because I was that guy. Um, long story short, when I was in college, um, a guy murdered his, his girlfriend um, and there was a manhunt for him. And I unfortunately fit the description because I was black. So um, they shut down the freeway and not so politely asked me to get out of my car and I'm not giving the story justice because I'm not giving light to just how scary and traumatic and how um how scary of a situation it was just uh well I wasn't but now I will 
it was scary. It was, you know, a situation where I did not, I heard earlier that morning about what had happened and that they were on the hunt for a six foot five, uh, slim built, uh, African-American male with cornrows, uh, driving a Malibu. And I was like, Hmm, that's unfortunate. Little did I know that four hours later, I would be a part of that story and them confusing me for that person. Now, for folks who see my pictures on um, our uh, Facebook or uh, Instagram, <laughs> which what what is that, guys? What is it? Is that you're 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 six foot five uh, in rows with slim build, aren't you? Yeah, dad to the bone. Uh, dad, the number two, the bone. Yeah, if you podcast. see my picture, you you know, like I'm I'm not like. I wouldn't say I'm short, but I'm not six foot five. So we'll just put me. Hey, in. it's a pod- Q. It's a podcast. You can look like however you want to tell people you look right. like. All right. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't do there. Like it, it didn't take much. If like just some small police work would have pulled up that I wasn't the guy. And so, right. Uh, right. Long story short, it started out with one car following me. Then it 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 little did I know. I, I thought it was two, which two cop cars is not a big deal. I mean, that seems pretty normal to me. But what I didn't realize is that it was like 10 cop cars and it was 15 cop cars. And I noticed it probably at about the 10th cop car because whoever that 10th car was hopped out of the line and then hopped back in. And then I noticed like, whoa, that's the whole caravan. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Even up until that point, I did not even realize that that uh, escort was for me. I was like, huh, I wonder where they're going. But then I did because I slowed down, as you do when you see cops. And I was like, I'm going to just slow down just in case. And long story short, you know, it was action time. And then the one cop hit his lights. And before I could look back again, um, I'm pulling over. And as I pull over, I see them all spread out and shut down the entire freeway. And so um, they all hopped out of their cars, put their hands, opened up the doors and pulled out the guns like, like you see on TV. But they're all pointed at me. And then at that moment, though, it didn't feel like I was in a movie. It didn't feel like I was on a set. It felt like I was inches away from death. And I could see all of this in my back mirror. And then I hear somebody come over on the PA giving me instructions. And so as a college kid, this is terrifying. This is terrifying. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine. I, thank God I had experience with knowing in that moment to not be belligerent to not be arrogant because in that moment I knew that I was in danger and my life depended on the next things I said and did. And it was not the time to be being a smart aleck or saying, I know my rights. And so I bring up that story just to say that that story was very traumatic and I know everyone doesn't have that, but there are similar stories and it always touches the place with me when these things happen, because I recognize it, you know, me, I could have been, you know, a George Floyd, if I had a made too quick a move or if I had a, you know, decided to hop out of my car and say, why are y'all messing with me? Like, or to be honest, if someone's having a bad day, yeah, it's not, it doesn't even have to be something that you're doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, all it took was one of those guys who thought I flinched to shoot. And I guarantee you 17, 40 more bullets are coming with that one bullet. Because somebody's going to get a bullet, and they're not stopping until those clips empty because that's just how it goes. So I say that to say that, unfortunately, those stories aren't – they're not – they're common. They're too common. And it's unfortunate because it shapes your perspective about how you deal with these things. And so I think we just need to keep in in mind when having these conversations that 
there are people who have those experiences and people on the other side who they just don't, you know, their, their uncle, their cousin, their brother, their sister, they're the good guys. They're the cops, they're the EMTs, they're the first responders, and they deserve the respect that, you know, you need to give them when you're standing and saluting the flag. So it's a, I don't know, it's a jaded conversation for me, guys, but I, I still think it's one we got to have and one we got to present to people. And I don't know if I got too far off on the tangent, but I, I just say that to say it's just it's okay to not be okay. It's you know, it's okay to feel some type of way. And my question right. is like, how do we deal with that being okay to not be okay? No, you're you're absolutely right, man. It's it's in these times, you know, when it's yeah, it's okay to be. You know, some people are really really pissed off. It's okay to be pissed off. You know, some people are really really sad and hurt it's okay to be sad and hurt. You know, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's that, that's, I think that's kind of something that maybe some of our dad listeners need to hear is that, that we want to, we want to give you, uh, not that we're an authority that can give permission, but we want to give you permission to feel the feelings that you're feeling. You know, we want to, we want to encourage you to experience the freedom of having a broken heart over this, having an upset stomach over this, having an indignation over this and being furious and fed up and all of that. Like all of those feelings are totally okay. Yeah. All of those feelings are totally justified and totally okay. And I like the way you said that, like all of those feelings are okay because like, what was it? You feel what you feel and those feelings are real. Is that how it goes? <laughs> let down your guard <laughs> yeah 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 frozen tip i was gonna say yeah i think uh i, I, I is that what like that's from like is that, that frozen tip? yeah yeah okay. yeah because yeah. <laughs> now i'm lost in the i couldn't world. put a finger on the reference but when when rich did the crystal thing i was like that's where okay. that's from right. yeah. i was thinking dr seuss but you got me that's okay. good rich that's good yeah i feel like we gotta um anytime something like that happens you gotta uh like Frozen 2. Okay, moving on. You know, so <laughs> yeah. they, We do not own the rights to Frozen 2. Yeah. No, I don't know every word to that entire movie soundtrack. No, no, right. I don't. No. <laughs> Lost do not take the this down because I'm saying that. But yeah, like, you know, one of the things I, I had spoken to some friends and I made a, I made a pretty lengthy um, uh, Facebook, well, actually not too lengthy. I've done longer, but Facebook post about this um, and just trying to call not long some of my terms. friends. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, you guys know how it is. Um, but just trying to call some of my friends to to action, try to provoke some people that I don't ordinarily see action from or even hear things from. I think I think for me, you know, it's like it's okay to not be okay, and then at the same time, it's okay to. Um, do something, want to do something, want to say something, but not have it perfectly put together. You know, I try to explain to, to people sometimes, like if you're on the outside of this conversation um, and you're looking in, you know, you're white, you're, you know, you feel uneducated about this, whatever it is, you know, um, I, I try to tell people like, listen, it's, it's, I feel like it, it'd be better for me, at least I'll speak for myself, but for me, I feel better watching you say something or hearing you say something, make a video, acknowledge that something's going on, even if you don't hit all the points that are vital to me, um, that you just tell me how you feel, that you feel like it's not okay, because then it makes me feel like, okay, like you may not get 
my experience or the experience of, you know, African-American community, you know, black and brown communities all over, whatever, a person of color's uh, perspective on this, but at least you get something about it enough to say this wasn't right. And so I feel like, you know, it's it's better to to show your raw emotion in it, to, to, to let people hear you say, I'm hurt, I'm broken, I can't, I don't even know what, I can't make sense of this right now, but I know that this was not right. That kind of thing, you know, I feel like it goes, uh, I mean, it goes a long way for a lot of people and, you know, for people like me, because it's like, okay, you know, you don't have to have all the, we don't, I don't have all the, if anybody had all the answers, this wouldn't be happening anymore. We don't have to have the answers. I just need to know that, that you feel it like I feel it. Or even if you don't feel it like I do, you feel something, you know? Um, and so I said to say, even from person to person, you know, I, I, I felt really encouraged after that because I got a lot of kickback, um, particularly on my post, um, you know, just from, from people who were trying to combat me and saying the things like you said, these guys are the good guys. It was just another perp, you know, this kind of thing. But then I had some people hit me up on the side, text me, call me, talk to me about it. And we're just like, you know what, man, I, I want to do something more. You know, I, I, I had this conversation with my children. I'm upset about this. I didn't say anything because I'm upset. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to go. But I want you to know that, that I feel this too, that I would. And that was so encouraging because there's, there's something in that when you can look at that and just from, from, you know, person to person, but even more in this context, man to man, look at somebody and say, yo, I'm struggling, man. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm struggling. I don't have a politically correct way to address this. I don't have the right words to make this sound eloquent or, you know, even graceful, but I have raw emotion and I'm sharing that raw emotion with you in this. And I don't know the way forward either, but, but I know that in the moment that we're at, I'm broken with you, you know, and, and like we're saying, it's okay to not be okay. But I think, you know, one thing that is helpful is not being okay together. Um, that creates a commonality, you know, and, and if there's anything we need right now, it's commonality and it's unity oh, yeah. and it's oh, yeah. feeling like we're yeah. starting on the same page, you know, and that's can true. I just that's add true. to that and say, um, um, Rich, to your point, um, one, one thing we have to acknowledge is that, um, sometimes we like to marginalize people into what we just see them as, you know, like, for example, I know there's some people who feel like the cops were just doing this, their, their thing. And that people upset. Cause they're like, why are you harassing the cops? They're just doing their job. But the truth of the matter is like, we understand they're just doing their job. We, you know, you can't say, Oh, just because you're black. Oh, you don't know what it means to be an officer. You don't know what it means to serve because that's totally disregarding the entire black experience to say they're not black men who serve on the police force. There's not black women right. who served in the military. There's not people of color who serve this country. And it's ridiculous right. because it just, again, marginalizes us into being one thing, just black. You don't have a past. You don't have a future. Right. You're just black. You're people well, that, I mean, there's, there's so many layers. There's so many layers to that because then it's like, well, the assumption is, only certain kind of people strive to be, you know, police. There's only certain kind of people that really care enough to work in this line of work. That's why, you know, you know, and it's like, there's so many, I mean, things like this force you to peel back the layers, you know, of, of why you think what you think. And, you know, and it's, I think that's why a lot of people, you know, don't talk about it. They avoid it or, you know, they don't admit the feelings that they have in it because it's like, man, it's a scary thing to talk through those things because you then you have to acknowledge that they're real, you know? But, um, 
you have to, you know, and I, and like you said, I don't think you have to come out on the other side of every single one of these situations and go, you know what? I address that and I feel great now and we're, it's going to be cool. It's all good. We're good. It's this going to blow. I don't think you, you realistically, you can't come out of that situation or these situations and do that. You, you could come out and be hopeful. I think we have to be hopeful. Like we were just saying, because things have to change, you know? And so we have to have hope for that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, nothing's going to change and you can't get to that hope until you acknowledge that there's, there's, there's a dark place, you know, that we're in, um, as a country, you know, and you have to address that first. And so I think it's okay to sit in that and to feel that weightiness to it, um, before you rush to figure out what the next step is. I think the next step is feeling it, the gravity of it, letting it hurt you and break your heart, uh, to inspire you towards that next step, you know, but that doesn't happen until you, you, you acknowledge it and begin to reconcile those thoughts. Yeah, no, uh, I can, I totally agree with that. You, you know, when we talk about all these scenarios, one of the things that always reminds me is the saying that I did not make, but I definitely repeat with confidence. It is that we have to make sure that we remember that what people say is about them and how we respond is about us. And so what we see is about other people, but how we respond is about us. And that's why, as a black man, when I saw uh, George uh, Floyd have a knee on his back, my response was empathetic because I related to that, to him with the knee on his back. I didn't relate to the officer in that moment. I related to the pressure and the fear for your life. And so... And, I'm, and I know some white people feel that way, too. So I don't want to make it seem like, you know, all white people were like, yeah, I related to the sure. officer. Cause I've sure. Seen, no, yeah, right, right. You know, and I know that there's some black officers, too, who will be like, you know, who will not completely side with the cop, but will say, you know, there was some procedures there. I'm not saying I agree with it or not. I'm just saying. So. Sure. It's not. It's not. So this is poor choice wording, but. For the sake of the, the the phrasing, it's not so black and white. Yeah, it, it's it's not so clear. It's as, it's as clear right. as mud. As it's, it's not so clear cut. It's not so clear cut. Yeah, and so we have to right. remember first when we talk about that self-check is that, you know, what I see is about others, but how I respond is about me. And so if we want to move the conversation forward, we need to go to that place where we talk about you know, getting over ourselves to continue that conversation with other people. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but you guys tell me if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. You're absolutely right. Like, You're absolutely right. You got to, you got to, okay, there's just so much to process, you know, it's just like, but yeah, I mean, you have to do the due diligence of working through that before you can step forward, you know, and I, and I think that's the whole idea behind it all. You know what I mean? You got to pick a place and just get at it, you know? I I agree. Sam, were you going to say something or? Well, yeah, I was, I was just going to say, you know, along with what you're saying, it's like, I feel like so many people get to the place where like, okay, it's not okay. And I need to do something about it, but I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah I can talk to my, my friends about it. I can talk to whoever and we can have conversations, but, but like, what do we do past conversations? What do we do past social media posts? And 
I, I think that's where a lot of it stops. It's kind of like what Rich said. It's like we, we get to that place and whether it be, oh, okay, cool. I made a post. Everything's going to be dandy now. Or it's, okay, I made a post and I don't know what else to do, but life keeps moving. So it just goes to the back burner and nothing, you know, nothing that really materializes from it. You know what I'm saying? And I think, I think in these times we have to be intentional about growing our capacity as individuals. You know what I mean? Like, like hearing something like this and seeing something like this, we get to a place where um, we feel, we feel like we're stuck. We feel like we don't know what to do. We don't know how to do it. We want to do something. We, you know, yeah. how do I, um, you know, I'm a middle-aged white mom in the suburbs. What can I do? I don't know what to do. Or I'm a dad, you know, living in the UP of Michigan where there's like 12 people. What can I do? You know what I mean? Like we get to this place and we have all these different justifications of and reasons of why we can't be part of the conversation, why we don't have something to lend. And so I think then the challenge becomes that we need to sort of, we need to work at growing our capacity as individuals. We need to broaden our understanding and our horizons. We need to realize that if we don't know what to do, that means that's a shortcoming in us. That's an empty space in us that needs to be filled. And so we don't need to look at that as daunting and, and discouraging, but we need to flip the script a little bit and we need to look at that as a challenge. We need to look at that as an encouragement or as an inspiration to say, yo, if I don't know what to do about this, then I need to get some books. I need to get some, uh, I need to go to some conferences. I need to watch yeah. some rev webinars. I need to have some conversations with people that don't look like me, think like me, vote like me, dress like me, whatever. And I need to get to a place where I can be useful in this conversation. I can be useful in moving the worldwide needle on racism and in the race conversation. And so whatever needs to happen in that, I need to be do my due diligence to grow my capacity to be someone who can speak into that. Does that make sense? No, I and I just want to add to that because I just want to make it clear that that cuts both ways. So, you know, for me as a black man, um, I understand, like, yeah, I relate to George Floyd. I relate to being oppressed. I relate to the hurt, the pain, the sorrow. Um, but I'll also, if I don't want to continue the conversation forward, I need to be able to relate to folks who are relating to the cop and who are seeing that brother, cousin, auntie, mother, best friend. And I need to, I don't need to empathize per se, but I need to understand that perspective enough to be able to talk to it and to be able to use the words and the language to say, hey, like, we got to come to the middle somehow. And so I don't yeah. know if that's what you're saying, but I I, I just feel well, it, I'm just saying it cuts both ways because we can't you can't you know, one of the things I didn't do an elaborate post on Facebook because quite honestly, it felt to me like I was going to be a gong in a drum shop like, you know. Tell me something I don't know. Like, oh, you're upset about it? You're a black man. Duh. <laughs> you know? So how do we find those ways to connect? It can go both ways. It doesn't just have to be, you know, hey, you know, listen, I I think the cop did their job. I think I think it cuts both ways is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so. Absolutely. I think, and I think that's part of it. I think that's part of growing our capacity as individuals to be able to speak into the situation is to it's you know it starts with realizing there is a problem but then going from there it's it is that empathy piece of saying you know i come from my perspective and so everything that i that i've experienced i think is normal and you come from your perspective and everything you experience you think is normal my normal is not the same as everybody else's normal and just because it's different doesn't mean that it's wrong doesn't mean that it's bad doesn't mean that it's better or worse 
or could even be categorized like that. But that's what we automatically do in our human nature, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, co- I come from my perspective and if, if what you do doesn't align with my thoughts and beliefs and worldview and everything else, I automatically assume that you're wrong, mm-hmm. you know? And, the, and, and, and so often I think our culture sort of inundates us with, with these thoughts and with these ideas that we need to demonize the other. I mean, our country is so polarized on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. I mean, our entire world is so polarized on so many different things. And we're conditioned consistently to demonize the other. And so, you know, if, if you're different than me, you're wrong. If you're different than me, you're bad. If you vote different than me, you're an idiot. If you, uh, you know, dress different than me, you're weird. If you believe different than me, then you're wrong. And, you know, all these different things. And it's like, I think a big part of us growing our capacity to even have this conversation, even to, to even find a middle ground and find unity ultimately and find reconciliation I think a huge part of that is um, the, the empathy piece, is the, the seeing things from other people's perspectives and then finding a way to have a conversation around that. And, and honestly, it takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of, of setting yourself aside and seeing other people for who they are and what they believe and, and kind of where they come from. Does that make sense? That makes total sense to me. It makes total sense. I mean, until you can, until you can accept that the world outside your door is all there is to it, you know, it's yeah, that that is the game changer. It's when you, it's like as a kid when you recognize, you know, that there's multiple towns and multiple counties and multiple states and multiple countries and multiple uh, continents and multiple planets and multiple galaxies. You know, it's just this recognition that the world you see is so much bigger than you know. And we all have to have that moment. I agree. So I don't know with that should, you know, why don't I know we wanted to to bring this down as easy as possible, but (laughs) why don't, I mean, why don't we just take it around one more time and like, how how do you guys see us going forward from here? I think, um, just kind of answering that, you know, that question, you know, when we had talked about this, you know, we wanted to just pose the question, like, is this, this the best that we can offer, you know, um, is just kind of scrolling past these things on, on, uh, social media and just being so numb to them now where it's like, Oh, happened again. Okay. You know, let's see what else is on Netflix. You know, um, (laughs) is that the best that we can do? You know, the day and time that we live in the knowledge that we have, the experience that we have, the, tolerance that we have the um you know just all all of that that we share so many things that so many people are pushing forward you know um to just push progression and progression and progression in our society in in so many areas but this one area is just so anchored down and rooted down into the fabric of you know our our nation and it seems almost like a sacred cow that that we don't really want to fully address and so we just let it you know, scroll by and we deal with it until the conversation dies down and then it happens again and we do the same thing. And, you know, I think, I think the best that we uh, have to offer is not being displayed. And so I think the way forward is, um, you know, like, like Sam, you were saying, like, like Q, you were saying, you know, some too is, you know, and that's why we started this, this episode with a self-check is identify your feelings, identify why you feel what you feel. Um, You know, we even talked some about, um, reaching out to people and hearing their experience, you know, 
here you talk a lot about trying to empathize with people that you don't ordinarily relate to. And I think that's key for everybody. Everybody, you know, I think the way forward starts with understanding. Um, and if you don't share the same experience as everybody you know, um, the least you can do is hear their experience and try to learn from it, you know? Um, and that creates a, a place of proximity, um, of closeness to people who hurt for what you hurt for. Um, you know, it's like us as parents, again, as dads, you know, what, what, as a dad, you know, not much breaks your heart more than when your kid's heart is broken, you know, and that's because you love them, you care for them and you're close to them. Um, and I think if we had, if we all had some of that with different people groups outside of our own or different experiences outside of our own, you know, then when something breaks the heart of those people or those communities, it's going to break our heart too. And that is what's going to lead us to further action, further conversation. And so, you know, I think just proximity, I think get close to something enough to be hurt by it and it'll change it, you know? That's huge. Proximity changes your perspective always. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to hate up close. And um, that's an important message I learned a while ago. It's incredibly hard to hate up close. And that's why we relate to the people the way we do, because from, uh, they're not distant. They're close enough. And so if we can close that proximity, I think we can get it done. So with that, um, I, I don't know. I think <laughs> I just think we keep having a conversation. That's that's your that's your takeaway, Q. The keep just keep keep keep, having keep on keeping on. I mean, I think Rich did a good job talking about a lot of the points. And so I, I don't even want to regurgitate that, but I think okay. we just keep trying to have a conversation. That's all we can do is just keep trying to have a conversation and keep relating as hard as it might be is find yeah. that middle ground and keep talking, keep talking, keep, keep talking and keep reminding people that you are human too, that you are a brother too, that you are from the same, uh, maybe not the same clan, but like you are human too. Um, yeah. That's why every time some of this happens, I always, I'd usually post something and say that's a, a father, a son, a brother, a cousin, a nephew, or a niece. Like this is a human being. This is not. This is not an alien. This is not a them. This is not a perp. Right. This is not a black guy. This is not a whatever. This is human being, blood like you have blood. So just keep having the conversation. Keep reminding people that it's a human being. That's not a them. It's not a they. Yeah, that's huge. My mine mine piggybacks off both of those is you know um, if you if you get into if you're afraid of getting into proximity because you don't know what to do or what to say or if you want to keep the conversation you don't know what to do or what to say I mean get on Google type in racial reconciliation and 50 books will come up pick one <laughs> you know pick one and then pick another and then pick another and then pick another and keep reading and keep learning and keep growing your capacity to have a voice in this conversation, you know, no matter what walk you come from, no matter what background you come from, no matter what family you come from or hood you come from or state you come from or whatever region, it doesn't, anybody can learn, anybody can grow their capacity to have a voice in this conversation. And so just take the time to do it, you know, but I think this, I mean, I think this was a good conversation. I think this is a good sort of a safe space. And if anybody wants to, you know, get at us and have that conversation. You don't know who else to talk to. I know I speak for all three of us. And when saying reach out to us, we, we would love to have a conversation. We, we would love to be a safe space. Yeah. We would love to be a safe space for you 
if you're hurt, if you're frustrated, if you're upset, if you're angry, um, if, if honestly, if you're feeling indifferent about it, even we would love to have a conversation with you because this is something that all three of us are very passionate about. It's something that all three of us are very serious about. And we would, we, we enjoy, now uh, enjoy is a weird adjective, but we, we invite yeah. the conversation. We welcome, yeah, the we, conversation. Wel- we welcome, we welcome the conversation. We're not weird about it. We would love for you to reach out if you need a safe space uh, to do so. So Rich, why don't you hit them with our socials and all of that so they know how to reach out to us. Cause I think there's a number two in there somewhere. Yeah. You're, you're, love l- you're lucky. Cause I had a dad joke on deck. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> had it on deck, buddy. Okay. Um, so yeah, on Instagram and uh, the tweets, it's uh, at dad, the number two, the bone podcast. That's once again, dad at dad, the number two, the number the two podcast. And uh, it's the same on it's or on uh, Facebook, but um, it's just dad, facebook.com slash dad to the bone podcast. You'll know it when you see it because you'll see three really good looking guys. Look for our faces. Uh, on but on there's this... any platform you land on. Look for our faces. <laughs> yes. But there's also yes. this other platform I'm forgetting. Um if you have YouTube, that's a thing. I think now. it's I think it's new. Yeah. It's a brand new thing yeah, in like twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Brand new. If you ever heard of it's called YouTube. It's on the goggle, right? You can find it on the goggle, right? That's right. Goggle. Find YouTube. The search engines. Dad to the bone podcast on the tubes. We'll be there. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. All right. Well, I won't You're say my dad jokes. <laughs> All right. Say your dad joke and we'll get out of here. Say your All dad right. joke. So listen, listen, I, I didn't really have a dad joke. I just, you know, I just had more commentary. I was having a conversation with my wife. And, you know, my wife says I only have two faults. I don't listen and something else. So, uh, with that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, I won't really pay attention. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. Yo, get at us. Get at us. Yeah. Those cops were just trying to do their jobs. Well, don't get all bent out of shape. Man, you ain't learned nothing this weekend, did you? I most certainly did. Always bring a map. What? If we would have had a map, we wouldn't have had to drive two miles an hour trying to find a freeway entrance, and we wouldn't have been stopped. Oh, okay, okay, I get it now. We were stopped because we were driving too slow. We were breaking the slowness limit. Oh, okay. Well, you see, I never heard of that law before, but I did hear this other law. It's called the if you see a black guy driving anything but a burnt-out pinto, you better stop him because he stole it law. Yeah, I heard about that one. Oh, but see, I-, I thought it was the black guy law, when in actuality, it was the slowness limit law. Oh, thank you for sharing that with me, Carlton. Good night. They were just doing their job. Good night, Carlton. What's your complaint here? We were detained for a few hours, Dad cleared things up, and we were released. The system works. I hope you like that system, because you're going to be seeing a whole lot of it during your lifetime. Not if I bring a map. <laughs> You just don't get it, do you? No map is going to save you. And neither is your glee club or your fancy Bel Air address or who your daddy is. Because when you're driving in a nice car in a strange neighborhood, none of that matters. They only see one thing.
Well, maybe growing up where you did has made you a little touchy. But I think you've blown this whole thing way out of proportion. If you look at the facts... Carlton? It's late. It's a school day tomorrow, son. Yeah, yeah, okay, Dad. Um, you know, it was awfully nice of Mr. Firth to help us out. I'll have to write him a thank you note. It shouldn't have happened in the first place, son. Good night. Dad! If you were a policeman, and you saw a car driving two miles an hour, wouldn't you stop it? I asked myself that question the first time I was stopped. Good night, son. I would stop it. <laughs> 